Hello, you are listening to Wrestling is for Girls, a podcast about all of the ways to watch and enjoy professional wrestling that is usually much more color commentary than play-by-play analysis. My name is Abigail. And I'm Jillian. And we are sitting down once again to dig into SmackDown, Raw, and everything exciting happening in the world of wrestling that we are currently aware of. Yes. But there should be a caveat, right? Like, you know, we didn't do our homework again. And <laughs> I mean, there's so much going on in the world of wrestling. I cannot. Seriously. I can't. I can't do all of it. I can't. Like, I was just thinking about this and I'm just like, I, unless it gets to the point where like somehow this podcast can support us and then I can watch and consume much more wrestling. Yes. You know, this is where we are for now. No, I think that's fair. And like, you know, this podcast isn't meant to be everything to everyone, although everyone is welcome at the table, obviously. It's like charcuterie. It's a little bite of a lot of things. I love charcuterie. God, I do too. I basically just call it picnic, though. We call it picnic. Oh, I like that you call it picnic. And you also, you have your child cuterie. Is that what you call it? (laughs) That sounds horrible when I say it out loud for a public audience, but like your your little kid snacks that you have. Yeah, I often during the workday I get snacks and they're like always things that I imagine a toddler would want. So it's like Cheez-Its, some apple slices. I love that. Some chocolate chips. So. You got a spoonful of frosting. You'll be all set. It's balanced. There's frosting in the house. I could have some. Delicious and nutritious. So speaking of things that are delicious and nutritious, do you want to talk some smack and talk about Smackdown? Let's do it. That was a lousy segue. There's nothing delicious or new. Well, I guess it was like entertainingly delicious. So I have some, I have a couple main points, but then I I don't want to like limit it to that. So I thought we could start kind of where SmackDown started and talk about everyone's favorite douchebag, Logan Paul. So like, okay, I, this guy is a garbage human and I just feel like I don't understand why they've brought him in like I is he still what is he still like wildly popular are they trying to appeal to the kids because they don't need to (laughs) I think there's probably a few things at play one is yes they're always trying to appeal to the kids and it's absolutely like do you remember is it kids in the hall where Steve Buscemi comes up on the skateboard and he's like hey fellow kids I don't know what that's from, but it's not Kids in the Hall. Okay. Well, it is uh, something I only know from GIFs on Tumblr. So, I know but at any rate, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So, like, I do think that's part of it. I think part of it is that wrestling is always going to be more impressed with celebrity from outside wrestling. Well, that's a good like, point. I guess that goes back to, like, the original WrestleMania and everything, right? Right. Like, you've got to have your Mr. T and your Cindy Lauper to justify the spectacle. that it's cool. Yeah. And I also think it's because we're going to Crown Jewel and we're having a card dictated not by what's happening in the world of wrestling, but like we're creating a boutique pay-per-view for, you know, the Saudi regime. And he is like a social media star. Um, I read something somewhere that that's part of it, that like he's, they would love to see him because like the government is kind of involved in how they do this, I guess. And they think he's a big deal and would like to see him on the pay-per-view card. The Saudi government is? Yes. Okay. Although it'd be amazing if Joe Biden was like, Logan Paul, you're going to Saudi Arabia. You're going to solve this crisis. I don't know what the crisis would be. (laughs) He might be involved. Who knows? I would like to see Joe Biden fight Roman Reigns. I mean, (laughs) I I feel like incredible night of action in the ring. (laughs) That would get the ratings. Absolutely would. I feel like I feel like if Logan Paul were a man named Paul Logan who I didn't know anything about and had never heard of, I would think he was fine or mistake him for the man that played Crocodile Dundee. Oh god, or that, or that. Um, that's not <laughs> it's, a knife. This is a it's, knife. It's just Paul Hogan, but I like the idea of someone thinking his name was Paul Logan. Someone should make him dress like Crocodile Dundee. Absolutely. I just just want him to go away. I was so sad when Ricochet showed up to help him. I was just like, why is this a thing? Why are we? No, like Ricochet, come back. 
come back. I was I was a hundred percent like Ricochet, you can do better. You don't have to debase yourself like this. So much better. Mm-hmm. I don't Ugh. I don't know, but I do feel like there were good things about this segment and none of them were Logan Paul. Correct. Um okay, so like you can't make Logan Paul a face. It's not going to work. So now you're pitting him against your top heel for reasons. And like you saw the reaction that Sammy Zayn got in comparison to him. Like people were so psyched to see Sammy. <laughs> I know. Which I get because I'm always psyched to see Sammy. I love it's him. True. I know. He's amazing. I don't know. I also I really liked that Paul Heyman was dressed um a la Hannibal Lecter. In he the was NBC very series. snappy. Very yeah. dapper. Very yeah. dapper. I, I remember like thinking, I was like, oh, he's got like the sort of checkered suit happening, but not checkered. It's not really the right. It's like a broad plaid. Like a wide Is that what you call plaid. that? Is that what you call that? Okay. You know that's what I call it. I that's what I call it. I, I don't know if it's what anyone else calls it. That's that's fine. That works. So, yeah, I think those are my only thoughts on Logan Paul. Is like, I wish he'd go away. And I don't. Yes. I don't know what we're doing. <laughs> no, I. that's where I am as well. And I didn't know. Like, Paul Heyman representing Roman Reigns, like, was new to me. I ah. I must have, like, not seen that happen or have any segments happening as soon as I like started watching wrestling again. So I was like very confused. Um, but you know, obviously I caught on pretty quickly. So is, so Roman Reigns is a heel. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, he's, okay. he's, uh, you know, he's an arrogant heel who's been champion for the last 11 billion years. Yeah. 700 some days, 700 years. Um, <laughs> You know, there are nations in this world younger than Roman Reigns' championship reign. Um, but yeah, so I, I also felt like it was when Paul Heyman was like, you could be a Paul Heyman guy to Logan Paul. It's like, I, that is not the compliment you want it to be. Like, Paul Heyman is a guy who comes in when you're not great on the mic or you need some help getting over because you have a lot of potential, but you're not living up to it. Yeah. You know, like when Brock Lesnar became a Paul Heyman guy, it's because Brock is shit on the mic. Yes. <laughs> yeah like yeah Paul Heyman's so great like I he's I so good at what he does and I'm always like happy to listen to him but yeah that's what he does right he saves people can I you might have to cut this out for time but can I tell you about the time I met Paul Heyman go ahead so my friend and I had gone to a wrestling show and he was at a throughway rest stop getting food and I respectfully waited until he was done getting his food and then asked if we could take a picture and he was an incredibly nice human being and as we were getting ready to take a picture he looks over my shoulder and yells did you wash your hands and i was like yes of course i wash my hands he wasn't talking to me he was talking to a wrestler coming out of the bathroom i love it that's it was nunzio who i, I think is before you were i think watching so. and who i don't remember much about either but anyway that's my paul Heyman story he was a really nice guy that's a great story it's an all right story, but it's close to my heart. <laughs> it's good. No, I like it. I don't have any further thoughts on that one. I mean, the whole time I was just like so disgusted that Logan Paul was anywhere near anything. So that's fair. It was awful. So I want to then transition to something else that that I felt was like a little gross, which was the Braun Strowman and Maximum Male Models segment. But it didn't have anything to do with Braun Strowman. He's not doing anything wrong. Uh, what do you think about maximum male models? I don't understand it. I like so it's ineffable. So I, like I feel like it was it's it's you remember fashion police? I think that's what they called themselves. Maybe that wasn't it. Maybe I don't. Okay, so it was um Is this Rico? Guy... Rico and Chuck and Billy? No. Is that it's... who we're thinking of? No, it's the guy who I'm not gonna remember the names because I didn't think of this and I'm it's the guy who was like the was like the flamenco guy and um oh um Fandango. tyler breeze Fandango and tyler breeze Fandango, yes thank you yes. were they fashion police or something they had this like whole bit for a while that was their thing yes that and they were thing. delightful like i loved that like i would watch i loved them so i feel like this is like trying to play off the same kind of like wacky yes stuff and it's not working for me at all um, so that's the thing I went back to with, do you remember Chuck and Billy? They got gay married 
on Raw or oh. SmackDown. I can't remember. And they had like no. a hairstylist friend named Rico. Um, oh, no. And it was, I mean, I think. <laughs> so the thing about that was they were the joke, right? That they were flamboyant and effeminate and not whatever manly means was like the joke, right? Yeah. So uh, you were laughing at them. I feel like with Fandango and Tyler Breeze, you were laughing with them. Yeah. The joke was that they were kind of lunatics mm-hmm. and they were doing this fashion police thing. And it was amazing. Um, and this feels more like throwback. Like you are laughing at maximum male models because okay, they're yeah. like not conventionally masculine because they wear fancy clothes and do five second poses. Although Edge and Christian are the innovators of the five second pose. So yes, do what you will with that. But yeah, I, I don't know. It was just so weird because they just show up and then all of, and then Braun Strowman just like plows through them. <laughs> I was just, I remember watching that and I was just thinking like, they know what's happening, right? Obviously they know that that's going to happen, but like just right. knowing that it's coming, but not knowing when it's coming. And you just like, you cannot brace yourself no. for that man slamming it to you from behind. Wow. Also, like that sounded say, very adult. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you can prepare for that. There are tips, fan fiction tips, says so. and they're online. Um, just go to AO3. So <laughs> I think that um, one thing I do want to say about Braun Strowman is that I really enjoy his red rock star pants that he wears. I do too. I'm convinced they're old Navy rock star pants, they which I don't definitely. even know if they make those in like men's side, you know, like on the men's side. I feel like they do, but. They feel like rock star pants. They look like rock star pants. I, I like this evolution of his look. Like he's not just a meathead anymore. Now he's a stylish meathead. And maybe that's he's- why he hates maximum male models so much. Oh, maybe. Like you're giving male models a bad name. A bad name. You yeah. give male models a bad name. Okay. Don't like, see West Bon Jovi. Braun is here to defend male fashion and to fight for better body type representation in male modeling and maybe that's what's going on here male model a different representation of masculinity along the yes way. he is the real maximum male model yeah i didn't yeah i i was mystified by that segment i'm just very confused it's so throwbacky like it's i don't know it, yeah yeah i know what you mean i hate it I'm sorry. It's okay. So what I feel like I'm skipping over a lot of things and kind of skipping to the end. Is there like delicious sandwich filling of Smackdown that we should talk about? Well, I had a question that I wanted to ask you that maybe you could uh, answer for me. So damage control, they came out, you know, they're tag team champions and they make this comment that because they're tag team champions, they can go, excuse me, they can go to any brand they want. Right. And like, my question, has that always been a thing? Is that a thing? No. I don't remember that. Okay. I think for a while, the women's tag titles were restricted to one brand, and I don't remember which brand it was. But now, I believe they can roam the fields of competition looking for fellow gladiators to throw down with. Okay. I mean, it's fine. I was just like, they, I don't know who, I think it was, um. I can never. I'm having a hard time with names today. Isn't that terrible? Um, it wasn't Bailey. Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai. Thank you. It was, I think it was Dakota Kai who was saying that. Like we can go wherever we want. And I'm just like, well, that's yeah. interesting. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I really love the interesting the rift that's already happening between like Solo Sokoa and his brothers. Yes. Like. He's like, Sammy, you're my bro. Let's go wrestle together. And I wrote my comment was Solo Sokoa plus Sammy Zayn five ever. So <laughs> I am on board with these two being like potentially a tag team. Yeah, I, I like it too. I feel like the next time you see them, they're going to have friendship bracelets. I would love that. For that sure. Sammy, made. Sammy is yes. right now. He's braiding them. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, I can't go out this week. I got to finish these friendship bracelets he it sent solisico a text and was like what's your favorite colors give me mm-hmm. your three favorite colors and solisico was like why it's like 
don't worry about it. Just tell me your three favorite colors. And he's going to surprise him with a friendship bracelet. It's going to be really nice. I know. Wouldn't that be sweet? I feel like what's going to happen is that Sammy is going to bring friendship bracelets for the entire bloodline, except <laughs> Jay. And Jay's going to be like, where's my friendship bracelet? And Sammy will be like, um, I don't know, up your where's ass around friendship? the corner. Absolutely not. Where's my friendship? Yes. <laughs> Um, I am really kind of enjoying this, like, everyone in the bloodline loves Sami Zayn except Jey Uso. And he's like, you know what? No. Fuck you all. I can't do it. I will not do it. I wonder, is he just like, you think he's just annoyed by his antics? I think he's annoyed by his antics. Um, although a couple times the camera has caught him, like, totally laughing at stuff Sammy was doing. And it's been, like, a delight to my heart that he couldn't contain it. That's but amazing. I also wonder if they're getting ready to give him a face turn and or solo, non-solo Sokoa solo push. Ooh, and then they have to wrestle each other. Right? Like, what if uh, what if he breaks away from the bloodline? Because and... I, I mean, I think both the Usos are really great. I've always been a big fan of the Usos. And I, I hate when a t if a tag team gets broken up when you see one person go on to much, much, much more success than the other. But I would also like to see them continue to have good things happen to them. So yeah, I don't know. Logins and Messina situation. Yeah. So I, I guess what I'm, I'm wondering about that is like, if, if they do give like Sammy, like a face turn, if he's going to go back to, I mean, how do they do that? How do I don't think they're going to give Sammy a face turn. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's at a point where that could happen right now. I think it's if somebody gets a face turn, it's going to have to be Jey Uso. Oh, oh, like split from his brother, right? Because he's getting like really frustrated oh. with Sammy and his presence, and I think that's gonna. I think that potentially could bleed out to getting really frustrated with being, you know, with Sammy being chosen over him with Sammy being chosen for being the sort of punching bag clown, you know, so like, yeah, well, you know, I, I like it. it dramatic. I no, like it dramatic. I've, I'm trying to think back to when we were watching together a hundred thousand years ago, were they ever against each other? Were the Usos like ever? I don't think so. I think the Usos have always been a united front. Oh, that's cool. You know, let's um, say Sammy and Solo, Solo break off from the bloodline mm -hmm. what do we call that new tag team if they've broken off from the bloodline the capillary <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't it doesn't work a capillary is still part of the bloodline i don't know like, like a the bruise i don't know what you'd call it like how do you break off from a bloodline i mean i i think that a might be how you get a, a tourniquet you might be how you get a hematoma which is a bruise oh. so I, I don't know it was just a random thought that I had. No, it's a good one. And I will, I will work on that for next week. I will <laughs> come to you with four, four possible tag team names. <laughs> Have I reached the part where you are in your thoughts on SmackDown? I think so. Yeah. I think um, if you have anything else you want to go over, I'm open to it. And if not, I am ready to uh, skip ahead to Raw. I have a quick comment about Sheamus. Yes. Hit me um, with it. Yeah. He looked like Polly from Rocky. <laughs> like he had like the A shirt and like that jack like that coat and the hat. Like he was yeah. Polly from Rocky. That's all I could think of was him being if, like a dickhead to Adrian. If you had to grade his cosplay, like one through ten, what would you what would you grade his cosplay? Nine. Nine. That's pr that's pretty impressive. Ten would have been a bald cap, you know, like with Polly. Like right. ten would have been the bald cap, but he's wearing a hat anyway. So, but he didn't like. Right. He didn't shave. He didn't fully commit. He didn't fully. No, I get that. If you don't fully commit, you get a nine. Exactly. Um, <laughs> before we get to uh, raw, I do have one question. This is a yeah, general, hit me with it. General wrestling question. Okay. Origin stories. Okay, so. Like. We see some origin stories where like, I always wanted to be a wrestler my yeah. whole life. And then we see like other wrestlers that just show up. Like they don't really have an origin story. They just like have sprung fully formed from the head of Vince McMahon. So yes. like, I'm just wondering why you think, or if you know why like some wrestlers get this whole big backstory is it because they've made it up or what do you think? I think that's a really good question. Um, 
Sometimes I think you're more likely to get an elaborate backstory if it's a real life backstory. So like if you are a, you know, NCAA D1 college wrestling champion, you're much more likely to have an elaborate, you know, I worked hard to get into this college where I dominated college wrestling and then I went to the Olympics and, you know, I fought Luke Skywalker on the moon surface or whatever. Like, <laughs> I think you're much more like, that's a thing that happened. Um, Brock Lesnar did that. I think you're much more likely what? to get that deep backstory. Okay. Brock fought Luke Skywalker on the moon. It's a Wait. real, no, okay. Oh, it's that's not just a, a random, story. no, it's a random thing I said. <laughs> Okay. I was like, how did I miss this? How did I not know about this? <laughs> this is crazy crossover. Um, it's happening in my life. And I feel like if you have a heartwarming backstory, mm -hmm. like Matt and Jeff Hardy, that you're more likely to have that. And I think if you are an unfortunate wrestler of color who has been pushed into a, I grew up in the projects and I'm from the streets, you are very likely to get that sort of detailed, lovingly detailed backstory. Mm-hmm. On that, okay. I don't know. Like, I think part of my problem too is like some of the wrestlers I like, I've liked them for so long. They've been around for so long. I wasn't there at the start of their, like, what is Chris Jericho's origin story? I have no idea. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. You know, like he's been a wrestler longer than I've been alive. That's not true, but you know, it feels like it. <laughs> it feels like it, right? So yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know the answer to that, but that would be interesting to look into, like how that happens. I think if you're someone like like you remember Alistair Black, he's Malachi Black yes. now, I think, in AW. Like, and his thing is like, you know, he may or may not be a levitating Satanist. I yeah. guess you don't need to do a lot of background work for that, right? Like he's a spooky dude. That's it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So I like that. Thank you. You're welcome. Are we ready to talk about Monday Night Raw? I've never been more ready to talk about Monday Night Raw with you. Okay. Well, my first thoughts when I saw Seth Rollins come out in those pants. Those pants. Did those pants remind you of anything? Oh, no. I feel like I'm going to feel like an idiot the minute it's I say It's not a trick no. question. This is not a trick question. I mean, they reminded me of the 90s, like a school picture background in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what I wrote down. Like the it laser would be, school background. It would be like neon lasers and the lasers would end in a Z and your parents would have to pay two more dollars to get it. Yeah. And I, I remember I hated those damn lasers. Now I wish I had a picture of myself with the lasers. I had oh, one that so was kind of like that. neon shining through like an industrial shutter or something. And there was like smokiness in the back. It was insane. <laughs> It was absolutely, I looked like I was going to the industrial club, but I was eight. <laughs> can you please like dig that we'll up? see if I can find We'll put it, it on the website. <laughs> That'll be your, that will be your picture on the website. Listeners, if I can find that picture, go to wrestlingisforgirls.com and you will be able to see my third or fourth grade class picture. And maybe I'll put up the one with a constitution and an eagle in the background as well. <laughs> <laughs> my God, your backgrounds were insane. Well, my parents made me get the uh, blue sky. Remember, like, everybody had like the traditional blue sky-ish looking kind of background? Oh, uh, yeah. They always made me get that. And then like two years, they were like, I don't know, go wild. Who cares? <laughs> for a while, we always had that blue background. And then for a while, we had, you could get colors. So like one year, I got a dark green. And then another year, I got like a dark purple. And it was like <laughs> the best moments of my life I was so excited to have these like amazing backgrounds I love that I had a side you. pony in the dark green background one yes yeah I had long hair once beautiful and stylish um so I mean th this match was fine I I didn't like freak out and thought it was amazing Lashley's entrance reminds me of um Bobby Roode's entrance yeah yeah I don't know what happened to him I think he, he fell off the face of the earth. Future endeavored. Probably. Not, I, not I'll find glorious. out. But it wasn't um, glorious. No. But there was one hit that Seth took when they were outside the ring. Like Lashley just like plowed into him. And yes. whenever whenever they leave the ring, I get extremely nervous. Like 
or when they climb up to like the top corners and they're going to like try yeah. to jump off or flip or something like I get so scared that somebody's going to die. I have always had those moments of like, I know this is scripted, but I still think I'm going to see somebody die. Mm -hmm. It's very scary. Um, and I think I have a note about submission holds, but I don't remember. I think they were trying some submission holds in this, in this match. And I've decided that I don't understand 99% of submission holds. Like, I remember the camel clutch as a kid. And a I nice feel like, throwback. I feel like that was a like a submission hold. Like, you know, you're sitting on the person's butt and you're just like yes. hauling them backwards by their chin. It's like, that sounds kind of awful. But like some of these submission holds and like, is what's even happening? Are they like, it just looks maybe mildly uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I don't want them to like rip their body apart, but <laughs> like if I, I don't see a man dismembered, that's not a submission hold. Like, <laughs> beg for your life. I don't know what I'm. Maybe I'm just missing the magic of it. I don't. I don't think you are. I think a submission hold is. It's one of those times where, like, the theater of wrestling has to come into play. Like, yeah. Well, like you said, submission holds are not put on to actually hurt someone. Yeah, and I think we true. talked about this with Ronda Rousey uh, last week. That like, you've got to sell it with your face. You've got to sell it with like the tension in your body. You've got to sell mm -hmm. it with like, it's got to look like you are using every ounce of strength in your body to apply that submission hold. And the person receiving it has to use like, look like they are fighting with every ounce of strength in their body to withstand it. Yeah. Or else it's like, what are, what are we doing? This is like a really weird and awkward hug that no one wants. Yeah. So, and I'm sure that's, you know, it's very easy for me to sit here and be the armchair wrestler. Like I could do it, but I couldn't do it better. I can't do anything physical better, but do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of challenges around presenting that, but I, I think when it's poorly done, you're like, oh, okay. That whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, that's all I had about their match. So I imagine that you have more notes. Honestly, like. Most of what I wrote down for this was like, I like this match. I enjoyed watching it. I don't have strong feelings about it. I think that's in part because I I don't dislike or like Bobby Lashley. I think he's fine. Not that excited about him ever. Um, I yeah. do think he has like a really well executed spear. Yeah. Like I love the spear because people can, it's such a simple thing, but people do it in so many different ways mm -hmm. and his is just like brutal and sudden. And I really yeah. appreciate that. See, you do know the name but of yeah. some wrestling moves, you know, spear. I know the spear. I know the RKO and I know the pedigree. That's it. I know the sharpshooter. <laughs> there you go. I know the attitude adjustment. Um, <laughs> I know the crazy ass one that Jeff Hardy does when he like leaps off the, was it like the flying moonsault or something insane? Is that what it's called? I think Matt does a moonsault and Jeff does the swanton bomb. The swanton. Oh yeah. Swanton oh, bomb. I miss that. play on the senton bomb. I do too. But I, I mean like I have a, I have a tidbit about that for wrestling news later. So. Ooh. Okay. Okay. A little teaser. Hold little, on to that charcuterie. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was all I had for that match. It was like this was a good okay. match, but it didn't blow my mind. It was just it was entertaining. I liked it. Okay. Um I I loved Bailey driving a golf cart down to the ringside like yes, I was like it look was, at her power wheels. It was so cute. I loved it so much. She looked so happy. Yeah. I I just love bits like that. It's like such a gimmick, but I love it. It works I like on it me. Too. And I, I really like when wrestlers look like they're having fun. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I, they work so hard. I don't want their jobs to be a slog. I want them to enjoy it. So I was yeah. happy her power wheels brought her joy. Especially like it's a live show. Like they have to do all this shit live. Right. Sometimes twice a week because they show up on both brands. Mm -hmm. And I just really enjoyed it. Um, I'm kind of going in order of, of what happened on the show. No, that's good. Um, that's good. So, KO versus Austin Theory. Yes. The moment that I have been waiting for 
when someone hits Austin Theory. I know. I've decided who Austin Theory reminds me of. Oh my gosh, who does he remind you of? Kind of current day Vanilla Ice. Oh my gosh, yes. But Just you know like what? Triangle hair. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's 100% accurate. Their looks are very similar. But the thing is like, Vanilla Ice has some key advantages that Austin Theory does not have. Like when there's a problem, Vanilla Ice will solve it. He will. And Vanilla Ice brings the people together by asking them to stop, collaborate, and listen. That's true. Austin Theory is a divider. So this is a really looks, great metaphor. I'm really enjoying this. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am always looking for opportunities to insert those lyrics into a conversation. So you've given me so, a tremendous gift. <laughs> so I don't know why I'm trying to look for certain strings of logic in a sometimes illogical form of entertainment. But <laughs> that was generous to say sometimes. <laughs> but like, it's something that I've, I don't know that it's ever occurred to me to think this, but like, okay, so like, they're coming down for their match, right? Mm -hmm. And they're like ready. And then like Austin just like beats KO up a little bit before the bell even rings. Yes. And I always wonder about stuff like that. I mean, I know there's like two ways, right? I know that for the show, of course, they're just going to like wrestle after that. But like, why is it? And I, maybe they apply this sometimes. So now it's just inconsistent. But like, why is it that... They just don't like cancel the <laughs> cancel the match and be like, Austin, you don't get to have this match now because <laughs> you could just like beat somebody up before a match and everybody's fine with it. Like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Like, this is like normal wrestling. I don't know. Well, I feel like, OK, first of all, you're right. Someone should say, Austin, you absolutely failed to stop collaborate and listen. So you have to go home. But if you think about being at work. Like if you came into a meeting at work and just started beating the shit out of one of your coworkers because you were angry with them, your boss wouldn't be like, well, you know, I think we should continue with the meeting. Especially with your metal briefcase. <laughs> like, what? Please get a metal briefcase. <laughs> just carry no, it around with me. I think it's one of those like wrestling logic things where you're like, this is like, if that happened at a cage fight, wouldn't they likely like not have the cage fight? I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about any other I sport. Either. I I played tennis, so like you can't beat up the other player before a tennis match. That's combat tennis. <laughs> like it's just not allowed. So uh, that those were my thoughts on that match. I love KO. Like I think he's great. So I'm always all about KO him. too. I love KO too. Although one thing that struck me during this match was suddenly everyone is very concerned about who everybody else's daddy is. Meaning what? So the the crowd was chanting, who's your daddy, which is something they do to Austin Theory. Oh, and uh, KO okay. responded, I'm his daddy. And then I'm your oh, daddy. And yeah. I was like, this is this daddy discourse is really getting out of control in professional wrestling. Like, who's your poppy? Who's your daddy? Who's your mommy? Like, what the heck? It's uncomfortable. It's a little uncomfortable. It was too intense. Yeah. It was too intense. I, I'm not into that. I, I thought was... you were going to say, oh, sorry, when you said that the, no. what struck me, I thought you were going to say it was Austin Theory that struck you, but go ahead. <laughs> he did. He never strikes me except with disgust. I cannot oh, okay. stand him. I didn't know if he um, also beat you up before the match. Yeah. I mean, he was my high school bully. <laughs> <laughs> I was bullied every day for four years by Austin Theory. Um, no, I, I was just going to say that I, I liked that, um, Johnny Gargano and KO are forging a friendship around their mutual dislike yeah, of Austin I, theory. <laughs> that's a team I can get behind for sure. And those are like the best friendships where you're just like, I fucking hate that person. And the other one's like me too. I mean, I feel like that's our how friendship. To some extent, <laughs> yes. <laughs> The hilarious thing is that we assumed anybody else liked us, and yet, you know. I know. <laughs> but I I mean, Kevin Owens doesn't have the best track record of friendship. No. Like, he couldn't keep it together with Sammy. He couldn't keep it together with Chris Jericho. I, if I were Johnny Gargano, I'd be looking around like, hmm, 
I, I, I'm really happy that they're together. I'm really tired of um, the Alpha Academy, like oh, yeah. the shoosh thing drives me insane. Yes. Shoosh that people said that like 20 years ago. <laughs> like, so I don't annoying. think people say that anymore. And I, I just like, it's so, uh, it's very easy to shit all over things. And that's not what I'm trying to do, but like, it's okay it's to just shit like, on this. I was like, I don't know, like a better gimmick. Like, like he's like, I love, uh, I'm losing names again. Who's in Alpha Academy? Um, Otis and Chad Gable. Thank you. Otis is charming. I really enjoy Otis. Chad Gable's like a legit incredible wrestler. Yes. And it's like, they've got you guys doing shoosh. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, I am not feeling that. And I hope that they can be repackaged in some way that brings out the best in both of them soon. And every time they play their opening, you know, when it's like the opening music, but it's shoosh, it sounds like The Miz. Every time I think it's The Miz. And I remember like, it's not The Miz. Throws me off. Yeah, I can see that. So next up Mm -hmm. was a big match. Well, sorry, I skipped one. I missed Brawl and Brutes and Street Profits. Which was a good match. Very good match. It was a good match. I don't have a lot to say about it. If I don't know if you have anything you want to say about it. I would have been happy with whoever won. Like, I like them both very much. So I was okay with whoever moving forward out of that match. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just, it was a satisfying match, but I don't have a lot of commentary to add. I think maybe that, maybe that's why I I was like, this is fine. I was too mm-hmm. distracted by Seamus looking like Polly from Haraki, so you were overcome. I get it. It's okay. So the match after that, we see Judgment Day. Yes, we do. My faves. I have a few thoughts about this. I don't know if you want me well, to share them one at a time. Oh my god, share them! You know that all I all want to once? do is talk about the Judgment Day. Soon, this will be a the Judgment Day podcast. So. <laughs> So I feel like they won't be around long enough for us to transition to that. So, because like stables just don't stay along that along very anymore. No, stables aren't that stable. They aren't. The irony. So Dominic was being booed like I've never seen anything like that before. Like Burke's never seen heart. anything like that before. And I was just like, wow, that's that's a lot. Yeah. And I felt kind of bad in my like outside of a wrestling fan like I kind of felt bad for the dude because I feel like pe- yeah. I don't think people are booing him because he, he like turned his back on Ray I feel like they're booing him because they're just like you kind of suck dude <laughs> I feel really bad about it you know I didn't think about that I just I took it at face value <sighs> well maybe that's all there is to it and I'm just the a-hole trying to dig underneath and say like this kid sucks no that's a valid feeling that's a very if you feel that way you feel that way I think, you know what it is? Um, I think I am so into this storyline right now that not everything has to be good for me. It's like, it's like watching Supernatural. Like the great episodes are great, but I will still sit through the episode about killer bugs or racist trucks and just be like, this is fine. This is okay. Nobody likes bugs. Nobody likes bugs. (laughs) I know what you mean. But Yeah. Um, I would like to ask Mr. Ray Mysterio why he thought those pants were an okay idea. <gasps> the tidy It looked pants. like he was wearing briefs on the yeah. outside of his trousers. I was so distracted by that the entire match. I was like, it looks like a diaper. It looks like briefs. Like, mm-hmm. why, Ray? Why? It's the same message I am always trying to communicate to Asuka. Underpants go inside the clothes. Yeah. They just do. <laughs> I mean, at least the ones Asuka has are like have a design on them. They're, They're not decorative. Like... They got flair. Yeah. Yeah. It was just really awful. Um, I keep waiting for at like any second Rhea to just like grab Dominic and kiss him. Yes. To, in order to distract Ray. Mm-hmm. And I have decided that if that happens, I will never recover. Like, I will not be okay. I will be horrified. 
Because you're I, so attracted to the concept? Oh, God. Because <laughs> this guy's 25, right? So, like, very yeah. much an adult. But it's like they paint, man. they paint him like he's a kid, like a 15-year-old kid. Yes. So I feel like having, like, that plus the mommy thing, like, I just, I, they have an intense and destabilizing relationship. Yeah, I can't, I can't go down that road. It's, um, okay, but I think, I think for me, the thing about this all is like, this is a gender story. This is a story about how to perform gender because like, everyone is so focused on making Dominic Mysterio a man and like, what it means for him to be a man. So like, <laughs> Is it having this like embodiment of feminine power sort of like lead him around and dominate him? Is that it? Or is it just like breaking away from your father? Or is it like having like, do we see stories like there are so many stories that are about masculinity, but do we see ones that are this blatantly about masculinity that often? I don't think so. Like, it feels like this weird sort of grad school thing to me. Like, let's talk about gender in this kind of interesting way for professional not that professional wrestling doesn't have a lot of things to say about gender oh my god yeah an exhausting number of things to say about gender but yeah so i think that's why i'm into it i think i think you're totally right and i hadn't thought of it that way so i'm really glad that you did i it's interesting because it seems like when there's instances in the past of like the woman who is like the badass, the bad influence, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. It's never in the way that Rhea Ripley's doing it. Like, yeah, she's often find, like bad and slutty. And Rhea like, Ripley isn't played as like slutty. Yeah, they, she's bad and extremely like strong and mm -hmm. like leadershipy and powerful. And I. She's a cult leader. She's absolutely a cult leader. Yeah. Like when Do I wrote down my. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to ask, do you think that little, those little scales she puts on her cheek, you know, the little balancey scales, do you think that's a stamp or do you think like she draws that on her face every night? I really or hope sticker. it's a sticker. I hope it's a sticker or a stamp because yikes. That's dedication. I wouldn't want to be counted on to get that right every time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. What were you saying? Um, What was I saying? So like when I wrote when I wrote down my section header for this, I called it My Son Joined a Cult on Lifetime, starring Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio, Edge, and Rhea Ripley. Because I That's feel amazing. like she's a legit cult leader. And I mean yeah. that kind of comes up with um AJ and Finn later, not to not to skip ahead a Which ton, think, but like Well, it also lends itself to that whole um, weird sexual vibe that's happening, right? Because yes, I, I mean, how many cults? I feel like there are more cults that, what am I trying to say? There are fewer cults that don't have weird sex stuff in it than cults that do. Like it's Agreed. like, I feel like 99% sex stuff in a cult. And if they're not having weird sex, they have weird ideas about sex that prevent them from having it. Except for the cult leader who gets to have sex with everybody. Everybody. Yes. 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 Yep. Which is kind of the Judgment Day vibe. So, you know. It is. So if, if, if Rhea is the cult leader, what are Finn and Damien? Well, I think Damien is the unquestioning convert. Um, okay. You know, he was very into supporting the toppling of their original cult leader in Edge. Okay. And I, I think Finn is the kid who doesn't realize he's in over his head. Yeah. I like it yeah. occurred to him that he was in a cult for the first time on Monday night. That's true. <laughs> it did. Like he was very confused that AJ didn't love him anymore. Right? Like why can't we be friends? Although I have to be honest, he doesn't have to take any shit from AJ Styles. That man believes the earth is flat. <laughs> like I... you just tell AJ where to shove it, Finn. AJ Styles is a great wrestler. I am never excited to see him. Never. <laughs> I'm I am excited. Never, never. I'm excited to see him wrestle. I'm rarely excited to hear him talk about anything. And not because he's bad on the mic, just he's AJ. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think we could probably talk about the AJ Finn thing now. I mean, even if we go backtrack, since we're talking about Judgment Day anyway, if you want to. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, I just said they were having a lover's quarrel. It felt like, uh huh, like Finn made some dumb mistake, and they haven't talked about it. And AJ expects Finn to just figure it out. And Finn's Bad like, "What do I do?" And AJ's like, "If you, if you know, if you have to ask me, I'm not going to tell you." And then storms off. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like they're at loggerheads kind of because Finn doesn't get why AJ doesn't want to hang out with his new friends. Mm-hmm. Like, why can't you just hang out with us? And AJ is like, why don't you know it's a problem that you joined a cult? <laughs> why do I have to explain this to you? How many storylines do you think are from people's actual experiences from like junior high and high school? Oh my gosh, probably like 98%. Like your new friends are awful. They're I don't like your you, new friends. You started smoking cigarettes and doing drugs. I don't even you know you anymore. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's not even the first high school storyline of the night. Like Mm-mm. literally Alpha Academy and KO and Johnny Gargano, Alpha Academy's like, you don't have any friends. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very high school night on Raw. It, it was. <laughs> I wish I, I wish there was a way you could like just talk to Raw or SmackDown writers. Just yeah. like I would love to go to a panel of the writers and just ask them questions because it's fascinating to me, especially after Vince left. Like how yes. have things changed in the writers room? You know, I have so many questions about that. Spill the tea, guys. Uh the last comment I have about that little inter- that match. There were some like really great moments in that match um absolutely but when like seth rollins appeared and he's like trying to find a chair (laughs) like you know he looks under the ring and then he runs over like i just felt like yakety sex should have been playing you know just like (laughs) like it was like so much was happening and then you know matt riddle comes in like it just felt like it was chaos which i i think is really fun in wrestling Yes. But I was just like, what is going on? Like, it was just like, was there supposed to be a chair there and someone didn't put the chair there? Like, I, you know, I always wonder about Get your shit together, guys. I mean, I always wonder. It makes me wonder. (laughs) But that's all I had about that. Nope, me too. Okay. Good Judgment Day talk. Although, wait, I had one more thing. Oh, yeah. Do Do you remember the NWO and WCW at all? No. Okay, I watched so, part of the documentary that was on something. I don't remember, but I never watched it when it was on. So I only watched it after the fact. We watched a bunch of it about a year ago. And one thing that struck me was that at one point it seemed like every heel in the company was in the NWO. Like mm-hmm. it's like a football team. There's 50 guys on the roster. And I feel like the judgment day is going to end up like that, where somehow like every heel <laughs> in the company is in the judgment day. And will they all be crotch chopping? I think so. I think so. Rhea Ripley crotch chopped, apparently. I didn't see it, but I saw it, I think, later on, like, a GIF on Twitter or something. She's a strong, powerful woman. Anyway, that was she my is. last thought. No, I think that's really cool because, yeah, it's like, will Finn entice AJ into the dark side? Judgment Day. I don't know. And then just the whole thing with Rhea being called mommy, I can't. Not my fave. Just, Not my fave. So something happened. Well, okay. Um, I'm skipping around. Sorry. So Loomis showing up at the Miz's house, like he's like I'm. I love this so much. I do too. It's so absurd and like hilarious. The Miz talking tonight about how he beat up a minion and like, like it's so. I just and then like Loomis cutting a hole in the floor like a fucking cartoon character. Like it was amazing. Like he's like going to paint a tunnel of it. on a wall and just go through it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's so good. I was really scared though. I thought Miz was going to like back up into the hole and fall <laughs> through it. And I'm like, I wouldn't want to do that. So many things can go wrong. But I'm really, really enjoying that whole storyline. So I'm having fun with it. No, I um, think it's, it's silly in the best way possible. It is. And I, I don't know. The guy, Dexter Loomis, I feel like he's just like having the best time i feel like being that like just you just have to look creepy just be creepy like that would be so much fun to just be creepy i mean Absolutely. i guess i could in my daily life but you're not very creepy 
I mean, I could try. Okay. Well, next time I see you, we'll try. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, have, I have two last thoughts. Hit me with them. So first thing, um, I didn't get to finish Raw last night. The, I didn't see the main event match, so I watched it tonight. And of course, when they do the t- the edit from live to, you know, when you watch it on Hulu the next day, they don't include every single thing. And the thing they didn't include, and I don't know, I mean, I saw this on a video on Twitter, is that when Alexa Bliss was wrestling Bailey, like the lights went out for a minute. Not like a minute, but the lights went right. out. Right. Which is, you know, there's like whispers of Bray Wyatt coming back. And then there's and, also the QR code debacle. Yeah, I hadn't known about this, um, but like there's this whole white rabbit theory that like different people who are creeping around are part of like this basically like Wonderland menagerie of characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so at one point when Austin Theory was backstage, there was a QR code, or maybe it was when he was wrestling i can't remember but it was seen over his shoulder and if you scan the qr code it takes you to this website and it's got this like feed your head intro and then who killed the world it was you and it it feels very bray wyatty so what do you how do you feel about that do you have feelings i always i i always kind of liked bray wyatt i think i got a little tired of him sometimes but I always enjoy watching him wrestle, and I think he does interesting, new, fun, entertaining things. So I hope he comes back. But I also hope it seems like every time he comes back, it's like it's a a new incarnation. Like it's not mm-hmm. just going to be like the same old stuff as before. Right. So I'm hoping that that's the case this time. Like, you know, I didn't love all the puppets that he had. I didn't either. Um, but like, just his general like kind of nutty demeanor I enjoy yeah I liked I like the simplest incarnation of Bray Wyatt when he was kind of like a weird cult leader in a Hawaiian shirt you know I think that was my my very favorite Bray Wyatt yeah then he kind of turned into like hillbilly cult leader in a in a in an A shirt with an empty rocking chair I think that was the next iteration (laughs) I've enjoyed it uh, and then I had one more, I had a question Yeah. and I don't know if you can answer it, but like there was a last time thing where um, Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins were like, you know, dude broing it up, face offing, facing off. And um, Seth said something about a, one of them said something about a fight pit match. Fight pit match. I miss that. What the heck is a fight pit? I didn't bother looking it up because I wanted to ask you if you knew and I didn't want to have any like preconceived notions. Let's see. Fight pit. I mean, I I wish. I wish I had any indication of what that is. Um, Oh, okay. So Sportskeeda has the answer. Thank you. The fight pit is a unique stipulation and has never been done on the main roster. However, it has taken place under the lights of NXT, where it was Mm. first introduced. And Riddle was in the very first Fight Pit match. Okay. Of course, this was optimized for SEO, so it's impossible to find any actual information. Okay. that's really frustrating. A Fight Pit match is a WWE stipulation wherein the ring is surrounded by a steel cage-like structure. However, this is different from the traditional steel cage match because one cannot win by escaping. Victory can only be claimed by knockout or submission, which makes a fight pit match more MMA bout-like, which makes okay. sense because that's Matt Riddle's, you know, backstory, right? Being okay. an MMA guy. Thank you for looking that up. Hey, you're welcome. Awesome. So that's okay. exciting. Yeah. It does. That's interesting. They're like shaking things up. Um, so that brings us, I think that's a decent segue into the news. Absolutely. And I think even better segue into the news we have just heard about survivor series mm-hmm. which is undergoing a bit of a rebrand as survivor series war games yeah so i, I it sounds cool i think it was a new concept to you right like war games was a absolutely new concept and ashamedly like i've been 
racking my brain trying to remember like what was special about Survivor Series. I, I, I feel like it's been so long since I've watched a Survivor Series that I don't know what it is. So, so it's not it's not that special. Um, the thing that was sur- special about Survivor Series was there would be a oh, is it a five man? So each team there would be teams of five individuals, um, and sometimes it would be Raw versus SmackDown. Sometimes it would be like heels du jour versus face du jour. Like there are a few different ways they could do it. Um, my favorite of all time was when the face team was Triple H, Shawn Michaels, CM Punk, and Matt and Jeff Hardy. I um, probably watched that with you. I think you did watch it with me. But basically, that amazing. it's a five-man um, elimination style tag match so two people start one of them is pinned someone else comes in and you can tag in and out like normal but basically you want to have the team with the last person standing hence survivor series oh okay so that's a traditional survivor series match yeah so yeah war games then war games it sounds like they're not doing that at all no, so they're going to issue the Survivor Series concept, which does make me sad because I've always really liked Survivor Series. Yeah. Um, it's probably my second favorite to Royal Rumble. But the War Games match will be this sort of like crazy... So in my understanding in the past, it's been a multi-level cage structure. Now, yeah, I don't know if... Like. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to try to reinvent that at all. Um, but it's a really cool concept. You know, it's it's making something old new again, which kind of fun. I'm already nervous about who's going to, like, have to climb to the top and dive yes. off and potentially die. Like, I just... Who will give their life at Survivor Series War Games? <laughs> it's like, why do I keep watching wrestling? Because <laughs> I'm always so scared someone's going to get hurt. We're both way too anxious for this kind of entertainment. <laughs> I'm just... <always laughs> what are we like, doing? That is exciting, though. I'm looking forward to it. So the noise you just made is the most evocative watching wrestling sound for me because you crunch your shoulders up and tuck your head in like a turtle and you cover your face like, yeah, it's very, very visceral. (laughs) It is. I agree. So what's the uh, what's the news? So the other news, and this is not news about wrestling that we've been watching, although I know that we want to add... AEW to our roster we do at some point um but like you said you know and until we can stay home and watch wrestling all day it's gonna be a little tricky so I know, I know. <laughs> but I read a couple news stories this week where Matt Hardy was teasing that Jeff might be making his return to the ring so you know I am on a big AEW? supporter of the, on AEW yeah oh man all the more reason for us to get it together right I don't know what I'm going to do when the possibility of Jeff returning no longer exists. I know. And how much longer can it exist? Because he's, is he three years older than me? So that would make him 44. And I feel like his body has to be in pretty poor repair because, you know, he's been wrestling a long time. I mean, I mean, even the most well-conditioned athletes, like there's only so much of a beating your body can take. And he's been taking beatings for like decades. So Right. Like wrestling is not gentle as an an occupation. I, you know, I would love, I love watching Jeff Hardy wrestle. So I always secretly wanted the little armband things that he sold, the weird holy arm warmers. And I, I remember being at a show with you and they had them and I was like, I should get them. I'm going to regret it. Cause they're like 15 bucks. Like it wasn't terrible. Although it was grad school. So we were broke, but (laughs) um, I feel like I just regret that. I never bought those. They're so ridiculous. Like they're just so ridiculous, but it's like, I really want them. (laughs) We got to get you some arm socks. We're going to make this happen. They're so cute. I I I just love Jeff Hardy. It's just like, he is a peak nostalgia thing for me. Yeah. You know, like I just, I want that feeling of watching wrestling back. It was before I felt cynical about wrestling at all. I didn't know mm-hmm. enough to be cynical about wrestling at that point. So everything was just wonder. Yes. It was uh, magic and mysteries every time. I love it. That's, that's exciting news. I'm glad you shared that. Thank you. Yeah. Not like, not the newsiest relevant to all the other things we talked about, but a little fun. No, it's great. It's perfect. I'm really I psyched also, about it. 
I also wanted to address with you the issue of Crown Jewel and uh oh yeah. you know maybe our maybe our listeners can weigh in on this one. So we've talked quite a bit about doing longer episodes for pay-per-views. Um and you know yeah. probably they're going to be a little looser in format, but um we couldn't we couldn't decide if we really cared about Crown Jewel or not. I don't know, do you yeah. have have your thoughts evolved on this topic? I think I don't know. I feel like in, so I guess my question is, I have not watched a crown jewel before. I, I don't know how. I've never seen crown jewel. I don't know how much like storylines that happen in crown jewel affect storylines overall. So I assume that they will connect them because they're always referencing everything. So yeah, I, um, for the sake of the podcast, if I feel like I have to watch it. Yes. But it does bother me because I think I said this to you at some point that you know I don't think they allow women to wrestle they do but they have to wear these crazy like full body covered okay because I think the very first one they didn't allow they women didn't. to wrestle I think that's correct yeah so and I was really extra annoyed about that um so I don't know I mean I'll probably watch it I'll probably watch it too we were watching um a what culture video, one of the guys that talks about wrestling. And he was saying how like crown jewel is like this weird metaverse alternate reality. Like it's WWE, but it's WWE in a way that only happens there. So interesting. it's interesting. And you know, maybe this is where we introduce the concept of the shattitude to our listeners. Wow. Right. Maybe this is how shattitude. So a shattitude is a shitty attitude. And <laughs> as you've probably already noticed, we have an abundance of them. We really do have an abundance of them. So maybe it'll be like crown jewel, colon, shattitude, a go-go. So we're going to be treated to two pay-per-views in November. Yeah, I feel crown, like we're Crown not... Jewel's the 5th and Survivor Series is the 26th. And we also have extreme rules before that. And I feel like wh what is happening to extreme rules? Where is extreme rules in all of this? And I, yeah, it's getting a little bit overshadowed that they're already mm -hmm. like, woo, Survivor Series. Like, I mean, you want to drum up. People are going to watch. This is the thing. Like, they have a captive <laughs> audience. Like, yes. wrestling fans are going to watch wrestling. It's like you, mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes they try too hard. No, like, no, I feel that. Don't try so hard. Like, not saying that they shouldn't try at all, but like, you have the audience. So, like, mm -hmm. maybe take some risks, do some different stuff. But, like, I don't know. Don't shit all over your upcoming, I almost said upcoming podcast. Don't shit all over your upcoming pay per view <laughs> in favor of the two following pay per views. Right. Like, Which you to don't. Pluralized pay per view. I always want to say pays per view, but I know that's not it. I mean,. <laughs> I guess it depends on the context in which you're discussing. If you're talking about the financial aspect, pays per view is probably <laughs> probably pretty relevant. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like WWE is always like, there's a hot new bombshell in the villa. And it's like, okay, but there's a lot of other bombshells in the villa. And we don't need to like, we don't need to constantly skip onto the hot new one. Like, let's look at the hot old ones and see what's going on with them. Exactly. We're moving on too quickly from the current bombshell. Mm -hmm. And like, what if the hot new bombshell isn't my type? And or so the hot new bombshell doesn't let women wrestle. I don't know. So frequently, the hot new bombshell is not our type or doesn't let women wrestle. <laughs> so, I mean, once Brock Lesnar was the hot new bombshell, and you know how I feel about that. So, uh, well, so I think, you know, I think it, we, we can put out some special episodes with our pays, pays per view, pay-per-views. Um, for people to access view. if they want because they'll definitely be longer than our hour or so episodes yeah i'm looking forward to that so am i so am i do you have any final parting words <sighs> you know just uh be kind to each other don't burden all the people you know with shattitudes try to say something nice once in a while that's more for us than for anyone listening but that's true what about you, <laughs> you what is, what is your final thought um okay i don't i don't know that i have any any big parting thoughts i'm really looking forward to seeing where things are going and you know i'm gonna work on looking forward to crown jewel 
Yeah, you know what? Um, I think one thing that we have seen as wrestling fans is that we can get excited about anything that we put our minds to getting excited about. So let's get excited about our experience of Crown Jewel for the first time. At the expense of Extreme Rules. Yeah, uh, sorry, Extreme Rules. There is, in fact, a hot new bombshell. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Until then. Bye. Bye.